Welcome back to Source Code, Decipher's weekly news wrap with input from our sources. A revised security directive from the Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, focuses on giving oil and natural gas pipeline owners more flexibility in meeting various cybersecurity requirements by relying on performance-based rather than prescriptive measures. The TSA, previously outlined an updated security directive in July 2021 on the heels of the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack in May 2021. However, a report in March by Politico outlined struggles by pipeline operators that were trying to comply with this original directive, which they said pushed security practices that were developed for IT systems rather than operational technology systems. The TSA administrator said that the department has since worked with the pipeline industry to address these issues before reissuing the latest security directive, which went into effect on July 27. Marty Edwards, Vice President of Operational Technology Security at Tenable, thinks that the TSA listened to constructive industry feedback. I think one of the biggest takeaways that we see in this um, new issue of the TSA security directives is that TSA listened to industry. Industry pushed back collectively and said, look, these are way too prescriptive. Uh, the timelines are just too tight. And so TSA took a very, uh, I think, good approach and, and made them, for the most part, more objective-oriented or outcome-oriented. And that gives industry the flexibility to uh, deploy the technologies and to set up their security programs the way that make the most sense for them as a company. Edwards said that the bottom line is that investment needs to continue in operational technology cybersecurity, both in the pipeline sector, but also across all critical infrastructure sectors. I think another thing that's pretty clear here is that TSA wants pipeline owners and operators to do a much better job of continuously monitoring the threat environment or the risk that's being posed to these operational technology systems. So all of the things that are in this directive that are more prescriptive, you know, that there's still some leftover prescriptive items there, seem to point back to information that uh, that's going to come from a real-time continuous monitoring system that these entities will have to put into place. In other news, there was a lot of talk this week about cyber mercenary groups, including new research by Microsoft about a group that they track as Knotweed that has targeted European and Central American victims in limited attacks. The Knotweed attacks leveraged multiple Microsoft and Adobe flaws, including a recently patched Windows Zero Dig bug, in order to deploy malware called Sub-Zero. Researchers have observed victims, including law firms, banks, and consultant companies in various countries, such as Austria, the UK, and Panama. The public sector is also calling attention to spyware and cyber mercenary commercial firms, with the Intelligence Authorization Act, a bill that was recently passed by the House Intelligence Committee, including several pieces that crack down on firms that sell surveillance technology. In fact, this week, 
On Wednesday, there was a House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence hearing about combating the threats to U.S. national security from the proliferation of foreign commercial spyware. During this hearing, researchers from Citizen Lab and Google detailed the extent of how these tools are used and abused for different members of the House Select Committee on Intelligence, calling for the government to step in and take away the tools that cyber mercenary spyware vendors supply to state actors and other customers. Finally, this week, researchers warned that an Atlassian critical confluence hard-coded credentials vulnerability is now under active exploitation. The flaw, which was fixed last week, can be exploited by a remote, unauthenticated attacker that knows the hard-coded password for a specific account on the Questions for Confluence app in order to gain access to all non-restricted pages in Confluence. Shortly after Atlassian fixed the flaw last week, an external party publicly disclosed the hard-coded password on Twitter. Fast forward to this week, researchers with Rapid7 said that they observed exploitation of the flaw after the hard-coded credentials were released. They said that exploitation efforts at this point do not seem to be very widespread, although they expect that to change. Researchers reiterated recommendations by Atlassian for impacted organizations to mitigate the vulnerability immediately, particularly because attackers place a high value on Atlassian products. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Source Code Podcast. While you were